Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation, Episode 77. This week, Josh was joined by Renata Polizio to discuss the work she's been doing as the VP of Fan and Media Intelligence at ESPN. Renata specializes in global markets, so their conversation focused on findings they gathered from Latin America, including Brazil and Argentina. From dropped cameras to quantitative data, Renata walked through the research process, as well as how this data is incorporated into ESPN's actions going forward. Hi everyone, I'm Victory Clafter, the producer of Inside Outside Innovation. This is the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries with passion and precision. So you've been in this industry for, uh, like you said, 15 years. Uh, technology has come a long way in terms of yeah. how fans engage with sports. What, what are some of the things uh, that have most intrigued you with how people are interacting with their favorite sports and teams today? Well, in 15 years, a lot has happened. If you compare my first day working with media and today, absolutely different times. I think mobile, uh, If I if I will say one specific thing that really reshapes the way we consume content today and our fans consume sports specifically is really mobile. Mobile has turned it to be the go-to platform. If you want to check a score, if you want to check news about your favorite team or your favorite sport, and now more than ever, even if you want to watch a game or watch a match, you can stream it online. So it's uh, mobile has turned it to be a microcomputer and a micromedia center where you have everything from news to really watching a long-form game of your favorite team, especially when you're not at home. So if I, I needed to give you one specific thing that reshaped everything, it would be mobile. Now we're excited, Renata, you're going to be at the back end of innovation, BEI sessions, uh, and you're going to be talking about a new study that was done called the New Living Room. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about what this extremely comprehensive research project did and some of the things that you sure. uncovered? Sure. This study happened in Latin America, so in Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, and Colombia. And what we really wanted was to understand with this study really the new media and sports consumption environment in light of all this new technology. So we wanted to identify potential opportunities for us uh, and always having in mind the power of the live sports experience. That's really what drives the sports consumption today, but technology has been changing that a lot. So that was our main objective with the new living room. The name, uh, the new, this study in Latin America was inspired by three waves of the very same study done here in the U.S. So we were deeply inspired by them. And the core objective of the whole living room series is really to understand how people's living rooms are evolving from traditional living rooms to cell phones, computers, and, uh, and video games, for example. So, Renata, how do you go about gathering that information? I mean, what are some of the most effective ways to actually get in and observe some of those changes in behavior? There are many different ways. For this study specifically, we had three phases, three stages that we call. Uh, the first one was about exploring the context. 
So we talked to seven experts in Brazil, Argentina, and Mexico. So sports journalists, marketers, uh, technology experts, read a lot of publications. So really trying to understand the context before really going to the field and talking to fans. Then we did qual and quant uh, studies in the three markets, in, in now including Colombia as well. So we did focus groups with sports fans and a comprehensive quantitative survey in the four markets. But we also wanted to fill that live experience with the fans. So the third stage is what we call living the live experience or flash interviews, as we, we call them. So we really went and experienced live events, in the case of Latin America, soccer matches in the stadiums mm. in Brazil, in Mexico, and uh, in Argentina. So we went to the field and really felt the game experience live with the fans. And I love that that's your job. You get paid to go have fun at these <laughs> events, right? And that's what yeah, you're I'm telling me, lucky. that I need to be a researcher here, is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm extremely lucky. Yes, you're right. But and I'm a passion. Uh, it's my passion. So uh, for me, it's it. I'm I'm lucky. You're right. <laughs> that's that's very good. Do you have any uh, interesting stories or fun things that you learned when you were doing some of those live events and and getting in there into the football matches? I'm not, not sure if you have ever been in a soccer match in mm -hmm. any country in Latin America or anyone who is listening to us, but uh, it's. It's an amazing experience in a way that in the three markets where we went to, fans are extremely passionate about their, their teams, about uh, soccer, and uh, really, it's, it's a passion. So they jump, they will sing, they really cheer there. And uh, you can imagine us, and we were, we were not only with them, but, but they were, we were trying to record video with them. So in the middle of goals, in the middle of the matches, cameras were dropped, microphones were dropped. <laughs> that was all part of not only the fun, but the experience. It's part of the live, the heat, the really what live, live sports uh, producing us and really being with, with the fans <laughs> with this small accident aside. It was really a, an amazing experience. Oh, it's it's definitely otherworldly than what we have here in the U.S. And I've been to some matches Absolutely. in Colombia and Mexico <laughs> and, and just Germany a couple of weeks ago, some Bundesliga uh, matches. But it's very different, very different in terms of the field. The passion is different. You can feel it. It's different. Yes. So when you, you gather this information, you get new insights out of this information, what does an organization like ESPN do or, or in any other place that you've worked with in the past how is this valuable to them and how does it change how they approach uh, serving their customers? It it really uh, helps us in so many ways from really understanding how our fans connect with the content that we provide, in what moments of their day and uh, what devices that evolve. So just to give you one example, we wanted to really understand what the role of television was in this new, given all this new technology. So considering the live experience and all this passion that fans have with ESPN and with sports, what is the role of TV? So we understood that they expect TV to be an organizer, really set the agenda, bring expertise, 
bring in-depth information. But at the same time, both before and after the game, other platforms, other devices came into the game. So before, uh, just to give you a couple of examples, mobile, as I mentioned, super strong. Fans want to look for news, for formations, for statistics, just to warm up before the match. And after, they want to go deeper, check analysis. If there was any polemic or controversial play, they want to replay that. They may want to see past moments again, debates. And that can happen on TV, but also on, on PC and sometimes on mobile. So we wanted to understand how these different devices connect to fans in different moments so we can really produce content that will speak to what the new fans, the new generations expect from us and want to consume in terms of sports. That's that's very interesting. Uh, I can only imagine all the different uh, user journey maps and other things that you probably have in terms of how people use things and videos. And uh, I'm sure it was a very in-depth, especially when you think of something like consuming sports and all the emotions that come around. It, it's, it's fun. I, this is the geeky side of me. It's fun to think about some <laughs> of the science behind it and exactly what's going on in the brains and in our subconscious in terms of how people emotionally respond to the things that they're seeing in sports. Yeah, uh, and how things are changing. We found with our quantitative that around 75% of sports fans, and, and I'm talking, a, it's an average of the four Latin American markets that we, that we investigated, but around 75%, so three in each four uh, fans have watched at least one sport event online in the last two weeks. So mm. that's growing. There's a lot of infrastructure issues in Latin America that will, you know, make this uh, the, ex the streaming and the massive adoption will hold it back a little bit, but it's getting closer and closer to being a, a, a reality for them. Uh, around 85% of Latin American fans said that they are very familiar with the streaming services and 75% said they have used it to stream or to watch a game in the last few weeks. So, uh, technology is really changing the way people consume and, and this emotional connection is very attached to that. Absolutely. Doing a little bit of digging in before our conversation, I saw that you were involved in a study on emotionology and working with neuroscientists and MRI yeah. scans and uh, it, it's around this fascinating field of, of neuromarketing. What is that and how does that connect to what we've been talking about, about how people consume? A lot, a lot. Emotionology had back then really the objective of understanding emotions that people feel when they uh, watch TV. So in that, in that study was about TV and, and mainly entertainment content. And it has everything to do with this study as well. It did not use neuroscience for this study, but it has a lot to do. We identified really the emotional fields, what we call the emotional fields that play a role into sports. So what are, in terms of emotions, what people feel, and more than that, what they're expecting emotionally for an ex from a, a sports experience. So uh, it has a lot to do with emotionology. I'm, I'm passionate for about consumer experience and, neuro, and the whole neuromarketing, neuroscience side of that is, is so rich. So, Renella, uh, you're going to be talking uh, here in Orlando in October uh, about the New Living Room study. Uh, what's next from you? What else is intriguing you and, and got you curious that you're going to be working on in the coming years? Uh, we will continue to 
probably focus our our research and and uh, insight uh, projects in this what we call the sports generations, really understanding more and more how the new generations and and how the evolution of what we call sports fandom is is happening. So really. What's probably coming next is understanding the factors that build and that sustain fandom for sports. Uh, we are very interested in studying esports uh, as well. So e-gaming and esports is part of our our strategy coming in the future. Uh, we will be investing in fantasy. So that is for us super important to understand the new generations and how they they interact with esports and fantasy games. So. This not only the millennials, but the, even before the millennials, Generation Zs, uh, will be definitely uh, a focus of our inten- attention in in the next months or years to come. Interesting. Uh, so, a number of our other listeners in uh, maybe more traditional corporate innovation groups are always curious about what role market research or consumer research uh, should play and when it should play it. Uh, how, how does the work that you are doing help inform like some of ESPN strategies? I mean, you're, you're just hitting upon things that are way more cutting edge in terms of e-games or, or really mainstream fantasy leagues or other pieces. How, how does what you get to work on help inform some of the direction uh, of an organization like ESPN? I'll give you one example. I mentioned fantasy and you mentioned fantasy. We will be launching, have plans of launching, launching fantasy leagues in outside of the US. So some markets in Latin America, some markets in Europe and maybe in Asia. Uh, and it, I'm super involved in understanding what fans expect from fantasy leagues and ESPN in those markets. I'm not sure how familiar you and the listeners are with international markets, but I can tell you what a what a fan expects in Argentina is very different from what a fan expects in India. So in Argentina, it's all about soccer, about Argentine players, while in India, it will be about cricket. So it may be the same product, but uh, we need a lot of twisting to really talk to different cultures and different fans. So even within Latin America, to give you one example, when you may say, you may think Brazil and Argentina are both passionate about soccer, they are, but even uh, between two markets that have similar sports culture, we need to understand what fans expect, what is the context to really build the product and provide the best experience to fans. So research and insights in this project really come in the very beginning of planning. We have been talking to fans locally on the ground to really understand what they expect, how they see the products that they have available today, what they would expect from a new product or what they would value more in a new product. So we come in the very beginning planning stages of a project like that. But at the same time, sometimes we are involved after a concept was born. So sometimes our newsrooms will come with a different concept of a show and uh, we go and talk to the fans to understand if that show will be appealing or if there's any, there's always the specifics that we need to consider to make that show a hit. So we are involved, uh, I want to say, during the whole life stage of uh, of our content, from planning 
to testing even after a show airs, to give you an example. That's, that's very intriguing. Uh, thinking about even some of those nuances, for instance, in like South America, uh, can you give me an example? What's something that uh, Brazilian sports fans might appreciate or do differently or, or versus Argentine sports fans? It's something that you would have to take into consideration that the normal average person like me probably wouldn't appreciate the nuances that you've gone into to truly <laughs> understand how they, how, they, how they appreciate and consume. Absolutely. Uh, Brazil. Uh, Brazilians are more interested than Argentinians. Not that Argentinians are not, but Brazilians are more interested in international leagues like the English Premier League or the German Bundesliga than Argentines. Argentinians will be interested if there is an Argentinian playing there in that league. So the Spanish league, La Liga, will be more relevant in Argentina than English Premier League, for example, because there are Argentinian players playing. In Brazil, they are crazy about Brazilian soccer for sure, but they will also appreciate English soccer, even if there is no Brazilian star playing there. So these details that are not minor details for us, it's super relevant for us to program and really to deliver the, the, the most relevant experience to our fans. In Argentina, I think they're more... Patriot in a way that they want to see Argentines locally in, in the Argentinian league, but also in the European league. Brazilians will like to consume good soccer, even if a Brazilian is not directly involved. Interesting. Interesting. Good, good example. Uh, Renata, do you yourself uh, participate in any sports, uh, whether virtual, fantasy, e or uh, physical? Yes, uh I run, I go to the gym, and I do participate in our in our football fantasy. We even have a a, a research football fantasy here with the SPN. <laughs> it's very nerd, very nerd, but we will we'll bat in ratings. We'll estimate how many people will watch every game, and it, it's our own fantasy game within the research team. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's great. But I also participate in the regular. Uh, football fantasy league <laughs> as well. Good, that's good. R and D fantasy. Anything that any uh, innovation team can aspire to. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's the end of another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for listening. Take a minute and reach out to us on Twitter at the IO Podcast and let us know if there's a topic or industry you'd like us to cover. Learn more about our team at InsideOutside.io or Econic.co. Until next time, go out and innovate.